0: Well, good morning to everybody. Happy Father's Day. Kind of cool up here. Uh, Angie made me wear jeans and kind of messing me up. I can't function. But I, I didn't tuck my shirt in. Dorman told me I didn't have to. so I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, first of all, I want to say, you know, and this doesn't happen a whole lot in anywhere you go, but I just want to say thanks for everybody that comes to this church. Uh, everybody that's faithful. We've had people here I know RV's been coming. He's standing out in the parking lot before we built the building, I think. Uh, Better part of about 40 years. We've got some newer folks that's been coming here for about a year. And so I just wanted to start off by saying thank you. And thanks for supporting us. Thanks for supporting Dorman and Jana. Um, You know, it's just just been a neat thing how this church, Angie and I have been here. Well, Angie's been here since she's a kid. I've been part of this church for about 22 years, I guess. Pretty long time, yeah. <laughs> so, um, my dad came to see me. He's sitting back there. For y'all that don't know, Dorman's my father-in-law. So there's some people in church that don't know all the history of stuff, but um, you know, I just, I, 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 last time I preached, um, I learned a lesson every time I preach. It's a little intimidating coming up here. I'm not intimidated by speaking in front of people. I don't have a problem. I can talk to a thousand folks. It wouldn't bother me. But you know, when you're when you're up here and you're And you're preaching and you're giving the word, I just want to make sure I'm doing everything right. I'm scared to mess up. You know, John stands up here and preaches and does some eloquent thing that just blows your mind. And Kent does an in-depth study of stuff. And other people get up here and Dorman quotes the Bible like it's nothing, you know. And I'm sitting up here going, oh, man, i got to follow these guys. I'm in trouble. So it's a little intimidating. Last time I preached, I don't know if you all remember, uh, my lesson learned was I wore my waders, my fishing waders. I did a message about that. And uh, one of the things that I learned you know, when you're standing in a stream in Colorado and the water's about 40 degrees, those fishing waders feel pretty good. It's not bad. Well, jump up here on stage where it's about 75 degrees and you got a little sweat running down your legs. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I ain't wearing fishing waders no more up here on stage to preach because that's not going to happen. I was about to die when I left here last time. <laughs> so I'm um, kind of glad that worked out. So, this, this The way this thing works, um, You know, I sit back in the sound booth on Sundays and, and uh, me and Ray sit back there. It used to be me and Lance and there's all kinds of stuff going on and we're busy and things. And, and uh, Eric Rushing comes by every day and he's walking by and he's praying and he's playing with the little kids and he's praying and Eric will stop and he'll stand there at the sound booth. And I kind of ignore him a little bit and I kind of keep my head down going, oh man, what's coming next? Because here's what Eric will do. Eric will walk by and he'll ask you a question. And it's so deep that I really don't think Jesus could answer it. Because he's got some kind of crazy. But it's so cool because Eric's such a godly man, you know, and he's, he just wants you to think about stuff. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. So Eric comes walking by. This has been a while back, about a month ago maybe. And he says, uh, he's sitting there staring at me and I'm kind of going, you know, I don't want to talk to you, Eric. Because I know he's going to do something. Eric says, it's time for you to preach. I said, oh, okay, Eric, I'll, I'll preach anytime. time. I'm not scared. It doesn't bother me. He said, no, I think it's time for you to preach. I said, all right. And he goes, I know the pastor. I bet I can make this happen. So, all right, Eric, how about Father's Day? He said, I bet I can talk to Dorman. I bet we can make that happen. Well, next day or that afternoon, whatever, Dorman calls me up and says, hey, you're up, Father's Day. I was like, all right, well, this is getting real now. So what's going on? I told Eric, I said, I've had a message kind of brewing for a while and 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 I, i'm a little sometimes i'm a little hard-headed uh janna can attest to that my dad can attest to that my wife my kids i'm a little thick skulled sometimes and sometimes i don't get stuff like i should and i was sitting back in the sound booth one day and uh this was a couple months back and mike's up here doing his thing and you know getting crazy holy prophesying all the cool stuff that mike does and he says something about mud and I'm sitting back there, and just instantly I hear, "How deep is your mud?" Didn't think anything about it. Did my Sunday thing, go home, sitting in the house, whatever, watching TV. Angie and I are sitting there at night, whatever. And I'm sitting there, and I hear, "How deep is your mud?" And I thought, well, okay, I don't know. I'm not muddy. I'm good. So a couple days go by. I'm sitting there going, "All right." I'm driving to Lubbock, five o'clock in the morning. How deep is your mud? Turn the radio on, Listen to that. I was like, I've got nothing to do with this. I don't have any idea. I'm making up some crazy ideas in my head. I don't know what's going on. A couple of days later, sitting back here in the sound booth, I sat down at the computer first thing that morning. God says, how deep is your mud? And I said, maybe you're trying to tell me something. Hmm. Maybe, maybe after about 15 times, you tell me something, maybe I'm going to get this. So I reach over, and I'm a, I'm a Googler. I Googled mud in the Bible. And I'll tell you what, man, this verses just started popping up like crazy, and popping up like crazy, and popping up like crazy. And I thought, what in the world are you trying to tell me, God? Because I'm not muddy. I'm good. I got a good job. I got a beautiful wife. I got a house. I got kids. I got cars. I mean, I'm not bragging, but I'm, I'm good. I'm not, I don't have any mud. I like playing in the mud. Everybody likes playing in the mud, you know, but then you got to wash it off. So I'm sitting there thinking, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Deep through mud. I don't know, God. I don't know. What are you trying to tell me? So I started thinking back. I thought, well, let's go back. Start when I was a kid. Well, when I was a kid, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd get on my bicycle and I'd ride off and I'd come back at night. Nobody knew where I was at or what I was doing or anything. And we were jumping trash cans in the alley, burning weeds. I don't know, doing stupid stuff. Just kids do. Um, My brother pushed me off the roof of the house on my big wheel one time because I thought I could make it work, and it didn't work. And you know, so I thought, well, okay, nothing there. God, I don't have any problems there. So I'm thinking about, okay, well, I'm getting older, and I'm going, you know, and no problem, married, life's great, going on. Think, I say, God, I'm, I don't, I don't have a clue what you're trying to tell me. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. So I start thinking on, and. I get later in life, and, and I had a couple of things that started popping up. And years ago, the first time I've ever been fired from a job in my life happened, and it was the biggest blessing that ever happened to me. And won't go into all the details, but long story short, uh, you know, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, and and some guys weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, and they didn't like it, so they fired me. Well, God instantly took care of me. And what was crazy about that whole thing was... Um, I went into reaction mode instantly. And so I got to thinking through that whole process. How did that whole thing come down? Well, I went from having a good job one morning to having zero money that afternoon. I was in the mud. I was in deep mud because I had bills to pay. and I had a family to take care of. And when I was in the mud, what I was supposed to have done, what I didn't do, what I was supposed to have done was count on God to get me out of the mud. I count on Rod. That's just the way this deal works, man. I got on the phone. I was calling people. I was trying to make things happen, blah, blah, blah. God's sitting up there going, man, I'm trying to tell you. Just sit tight, and I'll show you how to do this thing. And so, you know, Dorman's got this song that that, that, that he just fell in love with a couple months back. He's, he's, he's in the waiting. God's in the waiting. And God was waiting for me to count on God to get me out of that mud pit not Rod getting itself out of the mud pit. So I go on and then and I look back and I thought, man, what a blessing because God gave me a better job and a better deal and a better opportunity and it just turned out that way. And so, you know, it could be losing your job. It could be some kind of health thing. It could be whatever, divorce, money. The city calls, hey, I'm turning your water off tomorrow morning if you don't pay the money. I've got no money. What do I do? Well, you're in the mud. And when you're in the mud pit, God wants you to count on him to take care of getting you out of the mud pit, not yourself. And that's, you know, kind of going back to the hard head in this part of me, you know. That's what, that, that was the part that I struggled with. And I still struggle with it. And I look at some other instances that, that went on in my life, and I've shared this before, and, I, and I'm not embarrassed to say it. But, you know, I don't even know. Ten years ago, we lived out on the East Coast, and uh, kids were small. I had a great job making Too much money, living on a golf course, life was great. My family life was a train wreck. I was on the verge of losing my family, losing my wife, losing everything I had. I was in a deep, 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 deep mud pit. And I didn't realize it. And God came and saved me. God saved our marriage. Angie and I was marriage 22, coming up, 22 years. And if it wouldn't have been for God doing what he did, I don't know where I'd be today. I wouldn't be standing here, I guarantee you that. That's not going to happen. So when I look at those instances and I go back and I thought, wow, God, you've pulled me out of some big, deep mud pits. What I consider deep, what some people might not, uh, you know, some people can't pay an electric bill. That's a huge mud pit. You know, everybody's muddy. Everybody's different. Okay? So I started looking at the scriptures and start off in that first one, Ray. And uh, I just started out Genesis 2, 7. God made man from what? From the dust, from the dust of the ground. Now let me ask you a question. This is an Eric Rushing question, okay? This is what I like. Why did God make man out of the dust of the ground? Everything else he spoke into existence, like be this, this, you do this, you do this. Why in the world did he make dust and then make man out of it? I say, y'all look at me just like I'm looking at Eric when Eric asking the question because I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. But I do know that man is very, very special to God. God is our Father. Okay? This is you know the Father's Day message. This, this is about our Father. He made us from the dust. He spoke us to existence. Used himself. Gathered up the dust. Okay, There's something special about it. I wish I could make that connection. I don't know what I read. I studied some stuff that was, you know, you think of people being dirty, nasty. They're kind of, maybe think about a little bit lower on the totem pole maybe. I don't know. And, and maybe it's just the lowliness. You start out dust, you end as dust. Maybe that's the deal. Okay? So I got to looking at these Bible characters and these stories in the Bible about people that's been in the mud. And God just, I mean, just like I'm standing here right now, he said, guess what? You're in the Bible. I said, "We, we, you talking well, Come on, God, give me some more. I, got, I don't get it. He said, you're in the Bible. He said, From the beginning to the end, you are in the Bible. It's not just about the people that you read about in the book. Every single person that I created is in the Bible. So when it says us or we or them or they or whatever, that's us. And I thought, wow, that's pretty Probably make a message off that. God, keep working on this. I was getting all excited. I was driving down the highway and, you know, probably running 110 miles an hour because I wasn't paying attention to what I was doing. But you stop and think about this. Look at Job, okay? I mean, read the book of Job. It'll blow you away. Job starts out with everything. Got it all, man. I mean, this guy's got cars and houses and kids and boats and and cattle and sheep and everything in the world. Satan takes it away from him. Job had a pretty deep mud pit, in my opinion. What happened at the end of Job? Got it all back. God blessed him. Got a lot back. A lot more back. God doesn't just give you one for one. He's a big God. It's usually 7, ten, hundred, take a number kind of deal. Okay? Jeremiah, um, 38. What happens to Jeremiah? Jeremiah, they throw him in the mud pit. Same thing. Comes out blessed. Okay? There's a lot of cool stories about all this stuff when you stop and think about it. What about Daniel? Daniel getting thrown in the lion's den. Damn there. Daniel's like, I got this. I'm not worried about it. You know, we sit here and think, man, you throw me in front of a crazy dog, we're going to get a little spooked. Daniel's getting thrown into a lion's den. That's a big deal. How about King David? King David was thrown into two pits. Probably a lot more than that if you read the book. But there's two major deals. So I want to read you Psalms 40 real quick. Yeah, this wasn't real quick. I had it there and it let it go. Sometimes the technology's not great. (laughs) Psalms 40, verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Going back to what I was saying, when you're in the mud pit, you got to cry out to God to help you out of that pit. You got to count on God. You got to be waiting to be waiting on God to do something. Does that make any kind of sense to you? you got to passionately be waiting when you're in the mud pit. He brought me also out of the horrible pit, out of miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. David went from good to great, to bad, to good, to great, to bad, to good, to great. And at the end, David wins. So when you're, when you're worrying about this stuff, you know, and it's very, very hard to not worry about stuff that goes on every day. I worry every day, and I shouldn't. The very first scripture I ever learned was worry won't add one day to your life. Okay? That was just one of the very first things I worry. My poor mother-in-law, I love her to death. She worries about stuff to worry about. You know? And, and I tell her that all the time. Worry you're not going to add nothing to your life. Why are you, why you worried about that? So we pick on her all the time. Let me ask you another question. So if man is made out of the dirt, how many different colors of dirt are there? primary different colors of dirt? Anybody want to guess? It's five primary colors of dirt. Red, brown, yellow, black and white. Red, brown, yellow, black and white. Red, brown, yellow, black and white. That song. It's changed now. It's red, yellow, black and white, but the original version of that song was red, brown, yellow, black and white. How many different color people are there? Red, brown, yellow, black, and white. Kind of all makes sense. pretty easy. It's of the stuff in the Bible is deep, but some of it's like really simple. I got this. I'm like five different colored people, five different colors of dirt. Hey, I can do that, God. And that's all there is. There's not green people. There's not green dirt. Okay? I mean, it's plain and simple. Red, brown, yellow, black, and white. We're all the same. We're all in the same deal. We're all made out of the same dirt. Some people were made out of the panhandle dirt, some were made over in the red clay. You know? I mean there's brown dirt out in West Virginia that's the muckiest, nastiest crud I've ever dealt with. Been in construction my whole life and nothing I hate worse than walking around in the mud trying to build a project. Gets caked up on your boots and it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Now after reading this message I'm thinking, God, that's what you made me out of. You knew. You knew what I was, you knew I was gonna be a mess. And you knew how to fix this problem. So when you, when you think about all this stuff that goes on and, and, and you're, you're, you're reading these stories about these Bible characters and you're going through the mud, and, and no matter what it is, I mean, it could be something silly. To you, it's a big deal. To me, it might not be a big deal. I handle stress very well, okay? Some people can't handle stress at all. Everybody's different. Everybody's mud is different. But, you know, God made that mud puddle that you're in. He's the one that created this mess that you're in. He created you. You're a mess. Everybody's a mess. <clears throat> Jonah ran from God. Okay? Well, God says, hey, Jonah, no, I'm out. I've got to go. That's happened to me a bunch of times. God says, Rodney, I need you to do this. Mm-mm, that ain't happening. I'm going somewhere else. Maybe if I close my eyes, you can't see me. It's one of them kind of deals, you know? Jacob was a liar. King David had an affair. I mean, what What makes us different than some of these people? I'm not saying you're liars and having affairs, but I mean we're all messed up. everybody's got problems. all these Bible characters are representations of us. you know have I lied? yeah, absolutely I've lied. you know Have I run from God? yeah, I've run from God a lot. well, I'm just like the people that I read about in the book. I just want you to know that. For, for my little short 20 year stand of being a Christian and it took me a long time to get all this stuff figured out but this is what Dorman's been telling us for a long long time and sometimes we don't get it, maybe he's just preaching to me and y'all already got it I don't know, it could happen because I'm a little thick skull like I said we are extremely we're blessed Okay, we're son of God I don't know how, it's, this is the easiest thing in the world, what Dorman's telling us every week, but for some reason we're, we don't get it. We don't act like it, you know? Um, I, here's part of the words. This is, you know, one of my favorite Dennis Jernigan songs. He calls me child, he calls me to his side eternally. He calls once what, once what, the, let's try that again. He calls what once was lost, now found, once bound to sin, now free, calls me holy, calls me righteous, by the blood redeemed, calls me overcomer, crowned with victory. What else does he need to tell us? My gosh, man. I mean, you know, it's kind of like, it's just like the disciples, you know. God tells his disciples all this stuff and then it kind of Jesus, and he's like, man, you guys aren't getting this. How many times do I got to tell you? But I'm going to keep telling you till you get it. That's the exact same thing that our pastors doing for us every Sunday. I'm going to tell you till you get it. And when you get it, we're going to get some more. We're going to do something different. There's three or four different things. There's, where are we at, Ray? I don't know. I got way off track. I see how Dorman gets off his notes sometimes because I'm not even close to where I'm supposed to be. I preach my message three times in my truck driving, once to the lake, once to Lubbock, once back from Amarillo, and all three of them are different messages. And I get up here and nothing's nothing, nothing. It ain't even right. So now you understand what Dorman goes through. When God decides what he wants to say, that's what he's gonna do, and you can't do nothing about it. So there's a message in the mud. There's meaning in the mud. There's mercy in the mud. We're gonna look at John uh nine here in just a second. Is that where we're at? Go go to the next one, John. John nine. What happens? Everybody knows the story. Blind man. Okay? What does he hear? Here? <laughs> Here's Jesus spitting at him. Maybe kind of freaked him out a little bit. Rose mud in his eyes. Blind man's healed. And one of the things that I like about the Message Bible, it said, uh, you know, because everybody's freaking out, what did he do? What did he do wrong? What did he do wrong? Everybody wants to know what he did wrong. Instead of, hey, God, how are you going to fix this guy? They're asking the wrong questions. Here, let me read it to you real quick. It's like, man, this is pretty neat. Click on the right Bible here. I'll tell you what I'm trying to say. Walking down the street, Jesus saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is no such cause effect here. Look instead for what God can do. Man, do we do that all the time. We got to blame somebody for something. Somebody, Somebody's fault. It's your fault that this happened. It's your, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault, my fault. We do it at work. Man, we got a big, I got a major problem that I got to go deal with tomorrow morning in Lubbock. We, Steel Erector, messed up, uh, and everybody's, well, Steel Erector, well, you told me to do this. Well, well, he told me to do that way, and the deal, oh, no, do. Nobody wants to take any blame. So I said, okay, guys, we're done with all this. We're going to sit down Monday morning, we're going to fix the problem. Because right now, my customer's not real happy, and he wants a building. I don't care whose fault it is, we're going to fix the problem. And that's exactly what Jesus is trying to tell us. You're asking the wrong question. You're looking for somebody to blame. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. What's the next one, Ray? Who's throwing mud at you? It's usually Satan, right? Sometimes it's your friends. Sometimes it's your boyfriend. Sometimes it's your girlfriend. Sometimes it's your neighbor. Sometimes it's your boss. Sometimes it's whoever well stay out of the mud and if they're throwing mud at you i got a i got a neat little book that's uh business by the i forgot the name of holy code business by the bible or something and it's if something happens in work read the scripture if something happens with your boss read the scripture something something happens read the scripture and everything goes back to the scripture you know everything can be found in the bible like I told you, just like God told me, you're, you're in the Bible. We are in the Bible. Okay? So when there's a problem, what do you do? Go to the Bible. When you're in the mud pit, what do you do? Go to the Bible. So what happens when you get muddy? What do you got to do? Two choices. I guess you can leave it on or wash it off. Well, you know, I don't see anybody that's muddy in here. I really wanted to get muddy in here and do my little thing, but I figured Janet would really get mad. So she's shaking her head. Look at her. <laughs> I was going to have some mud up here. I had it all. Oh, yeah, I had a big deal. I thought, no, Janet will absolutely flip if I do this. What's the next deal, Ray? Let me show you what life happens. Watch this guy. Woohoo! He's on a four-wheeler. It's real quick, so watch him. Life is great. woo I'm the king. Woohoo, Life's good. I'm having fun. Life's good. Life's good. Life's good. Life's good. And things go Life happens. Is that how it happens? That's how it happens with me. I mean, I'm going longer. I got a great job. I'm the king. I'm driving. I'm doing all this wonderful stuff, and the next thing, I get a phone call. Huh? Everybody's laughing. Everybody's laughing. This guy's dying over here. and wet his britches. Look at him. He can't stand it. Is that right? Is that the way it works? I mean, life, you're, you're going on. Everything's going great. Next thing you know, man, you're knee deep in mud, head uh tur- I tried to get it to do it, but it won't. I should have asked John. He could have fixed me. But that's how things work in our life. But you know what? God is right in the middle of that mud pile with you. You didn't see God there, but he's there, okay? I just I saw that video, and I kept laughing about it. I thought, boy, that's me all over again. Because, I, I mean, I've done some fun stuff in my life, and, man, I got head slammed over the handlebars several times in my life. Kent's gone through the same thing half a dozen times. He still uh, hadn't missed a meal. Look at him. Isn't that right? You're blessed, Kent. I mean, it's all there is to it. And And Kent never gave up on God. And that's a blessing. I mean, that's a big deal. Kent's been in the mud. We've all been in the mud, you know? And it's just, I just want you to understand that say this. Sometimes I try to say something in my brain that probably shouldn't come out, right? So i got to think about what I say. When you're in the mud pit, don't do like I did several times. Don't try to get out of the mud by yourself. Okay? When Jeremiah was in the pit, they had to let stuff down to get him out. God brought King David out of the mud pit. And there's a whole bunch of other stories in the Bible about that. So, if you'll look to the true father, God, your daddy, the one that loves you unconditionally. You know, you think about it, and sometimes this is this is the way I operate, and if it's not y'all, then hey, it's just about me. That's okay. You know, we think about God being somewhere, wherever he is, in heaven, wherever that's at. And you look up and you see the stars, and the stars are tiny, tiny little things What you're looking at. And we go to the mountains a lot, and we're looking for satellites, and we little tiny stars, you can't even hardly see the silly things. But you put a telescope on that thing, And you look out there, that star is ginormous. It makes Earth look like a pin dot. And that's the same way we think about God sometimes. Maybe me, maybe not you guys. We think about God just a little tiny star up there. A little bitty God. God, you can't help me out of this mud pit. But then you put the telescope on it and you see God. God's the one that made the mud pit. So don't tell the guy that made the mud that he can't help you get out of the mud. It's just like Ford and Chevy. Don't tell the guy that made the Chevy that he doesn't know how to put your car together. He's the guy that made the car. You know what I mean? I mean is that simple? I have mean, I got to keep stuff simple for me. That's how I do it. You know, just like the just like in my work. You know, this issue I'm dealing with tomorrow. You know, the the guy that drew the building, the structural engineer, he's going to be there tomorrow because he's the guy that drew the building. I can't tell him, hey, you know, this is what you were in, this is what you were thinking, without him being there. We do the same thing with God. I'm in the mud. God needs you to get me out of the mud. And then here's what you need to do after that. Praise God when you get out of the mud. Because without God doing that, I mean, you know, I pat myself on the back a lot. You know, it's kind of like a story about the guy at the parking lot at Christmas time. God, if you'll just give me a close parking spot, I'll go to church Sunday. Parking spot opens up right by the front door. He goes, never mind, God, I got it. I found it. Totally, totally taking God out of the picture. I've done it a hundred times. Probably a thousand, a lot. Shouldn't do it ever, but that's what we do. So if you're in the mud right now, you know, praise God you're in the mud, because guess what? God's a coming. He's coming to get you. If you let him. You know, if you're not in the mud, you'll probably be back in the mud at some point in time of your life before we go to heaven. There's going to be some more mud puddles. But you know, the way I start looking at mud puddles now after I look at this. I guarantee if there was a mud puddle out in the parking lot, Bo would go jump right in the middle of it and have a good time doing it because it's fun. Any of these little kids to do it. That's a blast jumping in the mud puddle. They don't realize the stress and the pressure that's in the mud. We bring that on ourselves. When we get in the mud, oh God, man, I, kids get in the mud, they're having a time of their life. That's the way it needs to be because God's going to come get you. And then God's going to come clean you up. And as you start thinking about the mud and the water, and this is a whole nother message, and you start thinking about the water being the Holy Spirit, washing the mud clean, Scripture says, I'm going to wash you clean. It's all part of God's plan, and it's simple, and we make it so hard. So if you're in the mud right now, I just, I'd just, i like to pray for you, if you. I mean, anybody come up here. I mean, if somebody feels like they need to pray for other people, Uh, I just want to speak a blessing over everybody. Um, You know, if you need some help after this, if you want to go, you know, if you think you just want to meet with somebody, let us know. We'll get you fixed up. We'll bring God into the equation. God will come in and wash you off. Okay? So I just want to pray right now that God takes care of us. And uh, Father, we just thank you for today, Lord, and we just thank you for the mud. God, thank you for creating us out of the dust, making us so very special that you made us out of something and not just spoke us to an existence. God, we just pray right now that if there's somebody that's worried about something that's deep in a mud pit, Father, we just ask that you just come in and rescue them right now in a mighty, mighty way like you normally do. Father, give them peace and just let them know that you're the guy, you're the dad, you're the father that's going to take care of all this mess. Father, I just want to thank you for this church and thank you for the opportunity to stand up here and and spread your word. And Father, we just want to thank you and bless you as our true Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Time to go cook steaks. Yep. Huh? Time to be blessed. blessed. What was it?
1: We're going to have a blessing.
0: There you go.
1: Hallelujah. You Thank you. i tell you what you do. Here's what you do. Ezekiel 36:26. everybody knows what that is, don't you? you a but a verse before that, he says, I'm going to bring you out of your mud. Exactly. And I'm going to sprinkle clean water upon you. And I'm going to cleanse you from all your iniquities and everything. I'm going to cleanse you. And then I'm going to give you a new heart and give you a new spirit. And I'm going to take away the stony heart. There's a lot about, a lot about mud. <laughs> the way that Psalms 40 it says, I waited I'm on waiting. the Lord. The Hebrew says, in waiting on the Lord. In waiting. In waiting. Because he's in the waiting. Mm-hmm. I waited for yep. the Lord. That's cool. All right. Let's stand. Okay. You feel delivered, don't you I now? Feel I, I feel delivered.
0: <laughs> I feel cleansed. Yeah. Thank I, you, I, Lord. I got four more messages out of getting this message ready. Well, okay.
1: The Lord has blessed you and is keeping you. The Lord has made his face to shine upon you and is gracious to you. He has lifted up his countenance upon you and taken you out of the mud and given you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.